the family. Join the family. We're the family with Tom Bernard. Co-host Catherine Brandt. Crofter Basham MD as the Hackmaster. Andy Brandt Bernard. And Cassie Schrader. We'll be right back. Have a couple of guests. No more stories about almost, uh, you know, popping a bolt and going psycho. But, you know. You, you never know. Actually happen. <laughs> It could happen, I suppose. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I would imagine it probably... Uh, I think the good thing is that cannabis usually does pe- make people more mellow, I think, than crazy. Yeah, it did make crazy, me pretty mellow. you know, like hyperactive. It's all true. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back. A couple of special guests this hour. Right back with the family. Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Join me, Tom Bernard, and Doug Sprinthal as we talk cars, how to buy them, how to lease them, how to make the most of your money, and much more. What's it going to take to earn your business right now? Tune in every Thursday from 2 to 3 Central or download it on the Tom Bernard Podcast page. I don't know. I think I'm going to have to think about it. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Every breath I take might be my last. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I always thought You know, there are only eight notes. There, That is a fact. There's so many songs that start now, you go, God, that sounds exactly like something else. Yeah, there are I a know. lot of them, yeah. Have all the combinations been used now? I would assume they have. People have been reusing combinations for a oh, long yeah. oh, time. Forever. Yeah. Well, there's an infinite- my favorite is it. There's a huge number of combinations, but only certain ones are appealing to your ear yeah. and brain. It's like you could argue that they haven't gone into like the 13th octave yet, but there's a good reason for that. You know what I really love is that 
there's a like a think I think it's a 1928 piano piece that's that it's smoke on the water. The guy sits down and plays piano. It's like do 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 yeah. do 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 um, do. Crap, what's do, her name? Do. It's like Bossa it's Nova hilarious. lady. What's oh, a Bossa Nova woman? Yeah. That's uh, it. So basically, smoke on the water is a Bossa Nova beat. Astrid Gilberto. <laughs> oh, Astrid Gilberto. Yeah. Yes. She has. A, she's a great singer. Astrid Gilberto is a really, really good singer. Here it is. Same we song. all came down yeah. from Montrose. It's the exact same song. <laughs> Identical. What time, What year uh, did that one come out? Maria Quiet. Uh, let's see. 1966. Okay. 66. So, so about two years before Smoke on the Water. or what? When did Smoke on the Water come out? When did Smoke on the Water come out? Uh, it had to be the late uh, 60s, early 70s, wasn't 72. it? 72. So, yeah, six years prior. 72, yeah, there you go. So six years prior to that. Hmm. But what are you gonna do? And Astrid Gilberto, of course, sang "The Girl from Ipanema," one of the yep. what, one of the coolest songs ever. She's just so cool and smooth in that song. It's it's amazing. It's unbelievable. Speaking of cool and smooth, we have our guest, Matt Richtel. Now, Matt, you pronounce it Richtel or Richtel? Uh, Richtel, but I, will I be getting to sing, or will I have to sing? What, I don't understand the rules. <laughs> you, Matt, you don't have to sing, but if you'd like to try singing "The Boy from Ipanema," you're more than welcome to give to just start belting it out, Matt. I, 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 I mean, I want to, and I simultaneously don't want to. I'm feeling very conflicted. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, hey, whatever works, you know. I mean, I have, whatever actually, works. This doesn't happen. I am frozen. I am frozen solid on the cusp of singing. Well, you know, give it a Ready? whirl. The screen door yep. slams, Mary's dress waves. Nice. Springsteen? Anyone? Nice. Springsteen. Yeah, Springsteen. Anyone? Oh, Anyone? <laughs> Deep cut. Hey, it Deep all cut works out. Anyone? It all works out, Matt. No question about it. Magnificently reported and soulfully crafted. Now, I'm, I, I would understand. <laughs> no, nope, we're good. We're good. We're going to turn it over to you, as a matter of fact. Rather than the, the opposite of hanging up on you, we're going to turn it over to you because we want to hear all about elegant defense, uh, the extraordinary new science of the immune system, a tale in four lives. What's it all about, Matt? Well, it's, it's all about the immune system um, uh, and, and how this thing works, but uh, it's also about a, a bunch of people who have incredible stories um and and it began with one of those stories can i give it to you in brief to explain why i got so nuts about this issue i would love to hear it all right yeah i sorry i i asked that rhetorical question i should have just gone right in so i grew up in colorado and uh and a, a good buddy of mine was named jason there he was mr everything all state baseball and basketball got all the girls and actually, one of our, our best buddies is uh, there in Minneapolis, the Twin Cities. Uh, give a nod to Tom Meyer if he's listening. And uh, Jason, uh, a few years ago now, we're in our 40s, got his, his life took a rough turn. He got cancer. Uh, and uh, after fighting it with chemo and radiation, he'd lost. And his oncologist in Denver tearfully said to him, Hey, buddy, I love you. It's time to go home and die. And uh, went into hospice. And then at the last second, he took one of these. You guys have heard of uh, immunotherapy, of course. Everybody's been talking about it. At the point, it was an off-label drug. He took it. He had not just a foot in the grave, but nine toes. 
And a few weeks after he took this drug, his girlfriend woke him up and said, Jason, get out of bed. Your tumors have disappeared. So here I am, his what? good buddy and a New York Times science reporter, and I say, I got to pick up my pen and ask, what the heck is going on? And that's what started a journey to understand the immune system. So what's it? We have Dr. Ralph Basham with us today. He's on every Tuesday on the show. So, so oh, how great. long after he took the drug, drug did he did the tumors disappear? Well, within within weeks, within weeks, he he started to see himself go into remission and ultimately went into full remission. The story's more complicated than that, but mm-hmm. what it it prompted me to do was say not just what is immunotherapy, but what is the immune system. And how is it that we've gotten to the point of tinkering with it? And it led me on this journey that, quite frankly, uh, I'd begun with a ton of misconceptions. I think there are wide misconceptions about what the immune system does and how it behaves. And, uh, and I went through a, a pretty big transformation of learning myself. Yeah, I would imagine so. So, so what was the man's name that, that, that got ill? The, 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 my friend's name who got ill was named Jason. And then there's three Jason, other okay. characters in the book. Um, uh, Jason got sick. Um, there, there's two women with autoimmunity. And um, um, I don't know if you guys are aware, but that's a really taxing, autoimmune disorders are really taxing. So Jason had an immune system that didn't do enough. These two women have immune systems that are out of balance. They do too much. They're aggressive. And then there's one character in the book who's a remarkable character. His immune system is so profoundly good that the National Institutes of Health studies it. But could I go back a second? And uh, I realize we've gotten in a little we- into the weeds with these characters. Can I tell you a little bit about mm-hmm. how I've come to understand the immune system? And then if the doctor wants to tell me to be quiet and go back to singing because he knows more, <laughs> I'm, I'm all down. <laughs> that will be good. I'd love to hear this. Uh, well, here, here, I'll just lay myself bare and say, despite the fact that I'm, my wife is a doctor, I'm married to a doctor, I think I carried a lot of basic misconceptions some people might have. I thought of the immune system as this kind of, this really aggressive, zealous police force that was attacking everything in its midst and, you know, um, and just guarding us from all these terrible threats. And, and I was basically wrong. It's, a piece of that is right. But to, to give a better understanding of what the immune system is, I want to draw on. Do you guys remember The Matrix, the movie? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys yep. remember that? With the, remember with the ones and zeros were everywhere that showed all the computer code surrounding the world that was unseen by yeah. most of us? Mm-hmm. Well, I have come to realize that we are surrounded by microbes, much like ones and zeros. If you look on your desk, if you look on your computer, if you look on your skin, and certainly if you look in your body, there are bacteria, viruses, parasites everywhere. Here's the twist. Most of those would do you no harm. In fact, certainly the ones inside of you would much prefer if you lived because they're your, you're their planet. You're the host. They need you to survive. So the immune system, rather than being this war machine that wants to destroy everything around you, is really much more of a peacekeeping force that would try to create harmony as much as possible. The doctor on your show, was it Ralph? Yes. Yeah. It would, would, would you guys, the, the fancy word they use is homeostasis or balance. Keep peace with the world around you. And then 
when you ha- when the immune system has to go to war, it tries to do so with by creating as little collateral damage as possible. It really wants to be elegant. I think of the immune system as the love child of a bouncer and a ballet dancer. And so, so much of our health is predicated or based on the immune system being in balance rather than it being this crazy attack machine. Yeah. How'd I do, Ralph? Yeah, pretty good. I mean, I, and I think what some of the things you're saying is, you know, and I, and it, you, it, there's not a lot of evidence with regards to what I'm going to say is that, you know, this, the whole idea of your microbiome and what's living inside you and the vast yeah. number of bacteria, fungus, yeah. viruses, molds that grow inside you that are, and, and I think what maybe what you're saying, please, I don't want to put words in your mouth, it, are that the immune system is sort of the regulator of that so nothing gets out of whack. And if one of the way for yeah. your immune system or your microbiome is affected or changed, then you can have, that's when you can start in, have issues in a variety of ways. Yeah, uh, thank you for bringing that up. So this, the microbiome is it, about half the cells in your body are foreign cells. They're bacteria with a few other things mixed in. They live in your gut. And they, we used to think that they were, the, the word people used was immune privilege. They had nothing to do with your immune system. But now we're realizing through all these sophisticated techniques we have the last few decades, um, and even more recently, that those bacteria are communicating with our immune system across the lining of the gut and actually helping it perform better. So what does this all mean? I mean, this is all complicated stuff. Can I take it up to about 30,000 feet and say, among the key things I walked away with are, one is everybody says boost your immune system. You really don't want to do that. That's one of the walkaway lines from all the science that I put together in this book. And the reason is an overzealous and overstrengthened immune system is like a police state out of control. What you really want to do is support your immune system, and I get into ways that you can do that. But be wary of people that say, here's a magic pill to boost your immune system. And the other thing goes to what the, the doctor was alluding to there, and I want to, I want to say is we really don't want to over-sanitize our environment. So why is that? Why is that? Well, the microbiome, the immune system, our bodies learn by interacting with the natural world. And they learn how to calibrate, sorry, they, when I say they, the immune system learns how to calibrate its response delicately and effectively by being tested by lots of different microbes. But when we douse our world in anti-sanitizers, or sorry, in sanitizers, in antibacterial soaps, in when we, uh, and listen, I've been guilty of it too, of bathing my children in goop every time they touch a banister, but we don't do it anymore <laughs> because some of those, <laughs> goop is not a, I, I, I know goop is a product. It's not that product I mean. I'm using goop yes. in the generic sense. <laughs> Um, But look, you need those inputs from nature to help inform your immune system so that it makes good decisions. That's exactly right. I'm getting it. Yeah, there's a number of hormones and 
parahormones that are secreted by those that will help your body be more efficient with the use to insulin. And children who are born uh, via C-section are not exposed to the mother's perineal bacteria, mm -hmm. and they have a higher incidence of diabetes and a number of other diseases. So that is a real thing that uh, people are just starting to understand. And those bacteria, your microbiome, isn't just in your gut. It is everywhere. And even in uh, yeah. the placental fluid, they've detected bacterial uh, colonies and that live there as part of the whole system. So just now starting to understand a lot of those things. Going, go, again, going back to that first principle, thank you for, for noting that. We are surrounded by these ones and zeros, all these microbes. And really what the, the reason we've been able to survive as a species is by having a defense network that understands that the the best thing it can do is reach harmony and then strike only when necessary. So curiously enough, a, all these, there's a whole bunch of cells in the immune system with all these nodes on them, and I'm keeping it a little bit simplistic here. The details are more in the book. But these nodes are receptors and transmitters, and they tell the immune system whether to attack or not attack. About half of the nodes or transmitters in the immune system are aimed at causing the immune system to put the brakes on. Think about that. It's maybe that's obvious to you guys, but when I started writing about this thing, I just assumed it was, you know, it was it was a, it was a, 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 a special forces unit that was trying to blitz all the time. Not that at all. It is amazing. People are asking. I'm getting a lot of text messages, uh, Matt. It's Elegant Defense. The name of the book is Elegant Defense. You can go to the website, Matt. Uh, it's just M-A-T-T-R-I-C-H-T-E-L. That's M-A-T-T-R-I-C-H-T-E-L at gmail.com. It's a great subject. I'm really glad that, that Dr. Basham was in studio for this interview today, Matt. I think it's, hey, this is wonderful. I'm too. It's fantastic. Save my bacon. <laughs> now yeah, now I have to start singing. Yeah, now you got to start singing. Hey, give Matt, me a thank you. What, what do you got for me? No, 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 nothing right. like you have. Nothing like you have. No. Don't have anything for you right now. That works out in the end. All right. Thank Matt, you, guys. I'm here. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, man. Have a great day, sir. We will Proud be right back in just a couple of minutes. Family. A program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. If you're tired of feeling frustrated because your clothes don't fit like they used to, then Nutramost is for you. Thanks to the Sheehy brothers and staff at Nutramost in Plymouth, I am down 92.5 pounds. The Nutramost program is amazing. I lost over 40 pounds during each of my first two 40-day rounds. 
you can have great success just like me because Nutramost is customized for each individual person, and the staff at Nutramost will be there for you every step of the way. Start your weight loss journey today and let Nutramost help change your life. Give yourself this wonderful gift or give this program as a present. Nutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Nutramost helped me change my life, and they can help you too. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Are you walking on sunshine? I am. It's gorgeous outside. <laughs> yeah, it is. 44 degrees. Great song. Really, really good song. What are you going to do, ladies and gentlemen? Um, I don't understand this. Women with male twins may end up paying a price? What's that all about? Hmm. White men probably ruin everything. Probably white men ruin everything. It's probably true. As you do. Women with a twin brother don't do as well in school and earn less money than women with a twin sister. And a new study suggests testosterone is one reason. They're less likely to bury and have children as well. Researchers see the natural exposure to their brother's testosterone in the womb as a cause, the New York Times reports. Women exposed to testosterone have some of the educational challenges more frequently associated with men, said David Filio. Oh, that means brotherly love, doesn't it? Filio means I love my brother. Yep. Doesn't it? Well, it means see? love. I thought it meant Filio. Me, no. Don't say filio. <laughs> filio. The, the words pronounced filio. Don't I'm do it. Filio. David Filio. <laughs> of Northwest University co-wrote the paper. The research by Northwestern and the Norwegian School of Economics covered everyone born in Norway over a 12-year period. Through 1978, 728,842 people, including 13,800 twins. Nobody's been able to study how male twins impact their twin sisters at such a large scale. Uh, Dr. Basham, it's a good thing you're in studio today. Is this... Does this have hold any water? Oh, I I don't know. It, it just you know they they're just searching for another toxic masculinity thing, and this is kind of a direct are. thing. Or 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 is it possible that uh, the the male in that group has a higher incidence of uh, uh, feminine skill sets, or uh, yeah. is, is a gentler person? You know, I like to, I like to see both sides of this coin rather than saying, oh, the women. And what what the other part of it is, you know, it, it is possible that growing up with a male twin brother. Um, you might uh, be uh, dominated by him because just he's stronger. Uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's so, there's, there's, you know, it's, and how, how do you separate the developmental piece from the other thing? I, I, and looking. also, the parents could favor the boy. That's because, right. You know, that's right. Yeah, that's right. No, that's true. Uh, they could favor because they, the, the boy, depending on the culture, depending on the culture, right. uh, it's possible. And some cultures would favor a boy over a girl. Um, I don't know if any culture would favor a girl over a. Boy, no, no, I, no there, there are maternal cultures. I think uh, Navajo and things like that. No, there are cultures that will favor both, and some are neutral. And I just don't know what that culture is in Norway. Was it Norway or somewhere in Scandinavia? Norway, yeah. Norway. I don't know Norway, yeah. what how that the, what the culture is like there. And you know, yeah, I don't either. I'd like to. That, you, they need to inspect that as well. So, you know, what's amazing to me is white people. The, the, the self-hating white people now numbers have just gone through the roof, and I don't really understand why that is. Why, why, why do honkies all hate themselves now? It's a trend. It's a fashionable trend. It's a trend to hate yourself? Well, it's That's just like that. Trend. I don't know if you've been following that story about seven, only only seven black kids got uh, 
accepted to this prestigious school in, uh, I think it was, a, I don't know if it was an elementary school or a high school in, mm-hmm. in Manhattan. Right. And everybody's all up in arms that only seven uh, black kids got in. Well, seven, I think it's 60 or 70% of the um, student population is Asian. Mm-hmm. And only 20, no, so it must be something like 50%. It's like, tw- it's only 20% white. Right. So they're like, what are you complaining? This is a merit-based. It's merit-based. Yeah, you have, to, you, have to, you have to test into this school. That's how you get in. So Asians tested better people, than everybody else, People right? of color are the majority in this yeah. school. Yeah. What's yeah. the problem right. here? But well, they're all going crazy oh saying that it's biased, it's biased, it's biased. And uh, that AOC, what's her name? AOC, yeah. yeah. She's, yeah. she's jumping on the bandwagon. She's Everybody's jumping on the bandwagon about this. By the way. like. Look at the whole, look at all the statistics before you start screaming and yelling I know. bias. It's unbelievable how uh, everybody gets a voice. Now. And by the way, ALC, your teeth are too big. Do something about that. And these anyway. studies, it's just like, uh, okay, so eggs were bad, then eggs were good. Yeah. Well, now, that's exactly there was another right. study yep. saying eggs are, you know, some, something horrible is going to happen to you if you eat eggs. I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to die of whatever I die of. I'm not worried about studies anymore. You know what I think, honest to God, it is? It's just that natural selection thing. I, and Ralph and Andy, tell me if I'm right on the money here. It's the natural selection thing that that white men who've had their underwear pulled up their ass in grade school their whole lives are just paying the rest of us back because they just don't feel like real men. Yep. Is that fair? That's right. They, they were, they were is, wrong. They were wronged uh, when they were in, in high school. They were embarrassed when they were in grade school for a variety of reasons. And now they're getting back and they're going to get their due yep. share. And well, we're and, all and bad. what a... Yeah, what a good way, what an easy way to fit in is just to agree with the masses. Yeah, but you know, no, if there's a hysterical yeah, yeah. crowd, you just join in and then you fit in. I guess. Yeah. That's the way you want to live your life, good for you. But but I think that's what social media has done. It's given a huge voice to people who are complete pains in the ass, so they're going to they're never going to stop bitching now. It's never going to stop because you gave them a voice and then this was wrong and then that happened and it was, Look, just live your life. Why don't you just be happy? How about that? You know, I'd like to be, uh, you know, Bryce Harper too, but I'm not. So I'm not going to make $333 million. I'd like to be a professional football player, whatever that is. I'd like to be, uh, you know, a, a magnificent scientist. I don't qualify, but somehow I got over it. I don't give a rat's ass. I have a great life. And you can compare yourself to everybody you want, but you're going to come out on the losing end, and so am I. Don't worry about it. Why are you worried about that, right? Yeah, and why, and why and why this isolation of a certain group that really have forwarded forward a number of things that came out of a, a group of color? So if you look at our number system, uh, that wasn't a white guy that did that. Those those were that was an Arabic kind of a thing from North it Africa. Was Arabic, yeah. I think. And so exactly. that's that's you know that's a a system that uh, we still use. So you know, you know, in, in all of it, it's like I think in the morning, this morning, he's talked about everything. Everybody came from North Africa, so everybody's everybody invaded this, this area. Some people got to places sooner than others, but everybody came from North Africa. Yep. They did. That's exactly right. So we should all so go we're back. We're all to North, interlopers. Yeah, we should all go back to North Africa. <laughs> Works for me. Don't isolate that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't don't take out the word uh, north either. Um, no, it's I, I look at this and it's how pitiful these people really are that they're they're all posing 
oh, this is why the men are horrible, and oh, this is why... why it's just... It's, Jesus. It's so easy to fault-find, and it's so it easy is, to yeah. complain. It's much harder to elevate people and be positive. It's just it's just harder. Yeah, it's, it's not no, our, I think it's true. It's not in our character or in our genetics to... Um, Elevate people. It is it is difficult, and you're absolutely right. Yeah. To fault find is is so simple, so simple. And mm-hmm. I want to think that it's I no don't, talent or ability. I want want to think that I don't do that, but I think that Lindsay might disagree. That we, you know, that's something. <laughs> I, I, I I'm just going to say that right now. Get that out there. I don't want to hear it when I get home. But that it happens, and you, we, I think we really have to spend more time on both sides of the aisle, so to speak, to stop doing it. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody has a tendency to get negative, especially when, you know, you're looking at social media and it's just nothing but negative comments after negative comments. I mean, I follow, you know, just like Amy Klobuchar. Everybody's like, oh, she's just so even killed. No, no, she, three quarters of her tweets are all about how much she hates Republicans. It's like, that's not even keel. And you just so when you're following these people and you're trying to find somebody who you might be able to like or enjoy what they have they have to say, it's still it's all so negative that I think your brain starts switching into yeah you're right everything is negative. And that's and that's a huge fun that depresses you. That's that's why I've I've moved away from watching mainstream media because I'm I watch this stuff and you're it just all just depressing kind of stuff how bad this person is you know it just there's no there doesn't seem to be any good around and, and, no and and the institutions that we we've turned to for goodness rather than badness danny has been um has been the uh, church and things like that and even then you get sort of embarrassed by some of that the, those activities regardless of what religion it is regardless Exactly. I mean, there was a study that's saying, that's saying that Generation Z. Now, Andy, what what age group is that? Is that under thirty? Then no, that's Z? like under under twenty five. Probably twenty ish. Yeah. Oh, under twenty. Very that young. They're 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 well. There was a study again. One once again, who did this study? Why are they saying yeah. this? Is it just so that they can make money and sell antidepressants? I don't know. But there was a study floating around on Twitter saying that Generation Zs are the most depressed um, group to date. And I would say that that's probably because all they're seeing is negative social messages constantly. Social messages, political messages, their teachers are negative, their teachers are telling them that this is bad and you have to believe this. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a lot of pressure for kids. Yes, and, and that's in such conflict with the message that oh, no one's a winner, no one's a loser. Yeah. You know, we're all good, and you have, and it's in complete contradistinction to, or contradictory to that idea. Is that no? You know, we aren't all good, and we aren't all uh, aren't don't have, all of us have good skills. We not all of us. No, there's some that are really, really bad. And let me tell you which ones are really bad people. Mm-hmm. And so it's just different. It, they're turning taking a. Uh, they're, they're not not reading the pages in their own book of acceptance and their own book of this and that and everything. Well, and they're even taking it a step further. And if you don't believe they're bad, you're bad. Yep. If you if you even want to discuss whether they're bad, you're a horrible human being. I mean, that isn't that called a double bind, and that psychologically is very damaging to people's psyche. 
double bind. I thought that was something. I, think, some, I thought I that was a term in fashion. It was a double bind. I think it's a double bind. That's a very wow. bad thing to put people into, I believe. Uh, Tom just answered the phone and ran out the door. How many oh, minutes do we have okay. left? He well, took the timer with well, him. Well, Three I, and a half. I, I, have, I, have, oh, okay. I have something to say. I'm, I'm One of the things you, you mentioned, Generation Z, we've clearly run out of letters. So the next yeah. generation, right. are we going to go to special characters? <laughs> Double A's. Hey, Andy, are we going to special characters for the next one? Generation AA. Oh, you That's think what so? they do in Excel. So. Yeah, oh, I wonder oh. why they even started with, why did they start so high? That is interesting. Was baby Gen- boomers, I, the whole millennials and the X was the first X one. And, there yeah, was, was no was Generation W. X? So that is interesting. No. Why were they called Generation X? There must be a reason, oh, no. aside from because it sounds cool. It's, it's a made-up reason. I mean, yeah, it's a reason. It's just like a lot of art. Oh, why is this art so good? Well, people make up a reason yeah. why it's so good. Yeah, it's because it sounds cool, basically. So so Generation Y and Generation Z is basically a meaningless term then. So the next generation should generation semicolon. Yeah, or, there you go. I like it. Generation <laughs> umlaut. <laughs> Generation umlaut. That's a good one. Generation umlaut. Umlaut O. It's umlaut O. It's the generation next generation. A. Unbelievable. I, I just. I, I, where do you guys think all this safe self hatred has come from? Uh, because it just seems like there's a ton of it. Uh, the media when I was is telling child, there was, people to hate themselves. You know, so yeah. They believe it. That is what it is, isn't it? That's maybe, very good. Maybe it's, it's internal true. internal projection. And you know, if you hate something, you have a tendency to project it onto something else. And, yep. You know, they must hate the, hate the same thing. That's yeah. true. But when you're told yeah. that everything is bad and you should hate this person, you should hate this other party, you should hate these people who believe this, then it, be, it can become internal, and you start hating yourself as well. Or you hate yourself, like I think that's what it is, Catherine, a double bind. You start hating yourself because, oh, now you think, well, wait a second. Wait a second. Alexander, uh, occasional cortex, no, no, some of his ideas are pretty good. <laughs> but then when you hear all, all the people or your friends that say, oh, she's such a horrible person, you think, well, I must be horrible because I think of something she's uh, like is what she thinks is might be reasonable. Yeah. You now you get into this sort of, you know, you, so you start hating yourself over that. It, I don't yeah. know why you hate yourself. It doesn't make any sense to me. No. It makes no sense. You got one life, and you can go through your whole life hating yourself. Well, a lot of people Unless make you've all, done something horrible. They get a lot of power and a lot of money off of convincing people that they're garbage, and the only way they can stop being garbage is to vote for me, and I'll fix it. So the negative industry yeah, is worth too much. Yes, exactly. Wow. So there, yeah, that's a good way to put it. The negative industry. I think that makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense because that's exactly what it, it's always about. Money. Everything's always about money. Sure. Oh yeah, it's always donate to my cause and I'll fix the mistake you made. And so if you don't donate, then you're a bad person. But if you do, you might be you able know. to fix. You know, this is all your fault, but you might be able to ameliorate and, it. And listen to us on Fox because yeah. we're going to tell you how bad these other people are. And listen to us on CNN. We're going to tell you how bad right, these other right. people are. Mm-hmm. You know, listen. Oh, tweet on this. Uh, click on this thing because we're telling you how bad so-and-so is. And it's sad how easily people fall for that. Despite the wealth of information. I mean, a hundred years ago, sure, you had like the local newspaper and you had what your neighbors told you. But now you can fact check anything you want, but people just don't because they're lazy. Yeah. Even people That's who true. are like their lives are consumed by politics and yet they never bother doing any of the footwork themselves. They get the opinions and then they spend eight hours 
talking about those opinions, but they're not even their own opinions. It's what they were told to think on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. We've got to take a break. Be right back. We have a special guest coming up next mm-hmm. with the family. Tom Bernard here. Hey, let me ask you. Do you know me because you recognize my voice or my face? Good question, isn't it? Let me ask you another one. What do you think when I say priority courier experts? Do you know them because you recognize their trucks or do you know them by their name? Well, let me tell you something you might not know about my friends at Priority. 485 local drivers, 85 office staff, 37 million deliveries since 1997, and an opportunity for you to join their company. Drivers, you can join the fleet in your own vehicle or lease to own one of theirs. Or you can join the office staff and earn the most respectable pay in the business with 15 days off in your first year. Medical, dental, matching 401k, and a genuine chance for advancement. Just ask Jeff, who started as a customer service rep and is now company controller. Over 5,000 Minnesota companies rely on priority because every time you call us, we deliver. Join the team today at Priority.com. That's Priority.com. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry, This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. We're rocking out, man. (laughs) I love that. I've always loved that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Tell me when Mike is ready to go, if you would. He is. Oh, Mike's ready to go, Mike Bear. Mm-hmm. Mike, how are you? I'm here. Hey, Tom. What's the buzz? Uh, what's, what, what, what's there to be buzzing about? <laughs> Mike Bear with us, ladies and gentlemen. CoachMikeBear.com. Best self, be you, only better. What's this all about, Mike? Being you, but only better. Um. Yeah, so I, uh, I've spent the last 15-plus years working um, in everything from psychiatric disorders, mental health issues, personal development, and what I've come to realize is uh, people, when they're operating as what I call their best self or being truly authentic, that uh, life works out for them and that... Um, if somebody's able to stay in that place and really understand who they truly are, that life uh, will work out in their favor. So, I hope that is true. Uh, do you think what I call it is best self? Huh? Best. Yeah. I, I, do you think most people even? Do you think most people even understand who they really are or who they want to be, or they have these? You know, like I said uh, in the last segment, I'd like to be Bryce Harper right now making $333 million to play baseball, but it ain't ever going to happen. So don't you have to be somewhat realistic about yeah. it as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, uh, you have to be realistic in terms of what your talents are. I mean, I can't sing at all. So um, I wouldn't say that uh, being my best self is, believing that I could go sell out arenas, right? Um, right, absolutely, but yes. I do believe, yeah, but I do believe everyone 
um, kind of ha- – <clears throat> I think what you're talking about, which you're right about, is people often aren't living kind of in their art of who they are and what they do. Right. And um, I think that's where people get off the path is they believe there's someone they're really not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know. are they pushed by – these days, Mike, one of the problems that I have is uh, everybody talks about, oh, this is what you should be doing and this is what you should be doing. And, and everybody, oh, you should be a lot better than you actually are. And, and, and a lot of people don't have the ability to be pushed in directions like that. And I think society does it. I think a lot of educators do it. I think parents do it. So – You knowing who you are is very important, but as a child, you really don't have an understanding of that because you don't even know who the hell you are yet. And if you're being pushed in all these directions to become some great scientist and you don't have the ability to do it, but your parents think you do, that's going to cause a huge problem, isn't it? Yeah, or if your parents don't show up at all for you and, um, you know... (laughs) that's going to create a whole other layer of issues or if there's stress about money in the family growing up. But again, like I always say, you know, our parents named us who we are, but who we are at our core um, is who we really want to try to be. So I think it's, it's less about uh, who others want us to be and to start to get to know who we truly are. And I can tell you that everyone struggles with this to some degree. Um, myself included from time to time. I mean, it's, it's really understanding who you truly are and operating from that place. And, um, and so that's in, in best self, we create what's called your best self and you, uh, you know, write out all the characteristics of when you're being your best self. So if you're being, if your best self is kind and patient and uh, compassionate and fun or whatever it is. And then I have people write out their anti self, which, um, is clearly defining that character of themselves in their life that uh, is out of alignment. So, like, for me, I may lose patience with uh, people who work for me, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's right. a better way of handling situations, and that's what I call kind of your anti-self, is understanding that part of you that is getting in the way of you living the life you want. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, yeah it makes total sense to me, so, as a matter of fact. But... Isn't it, in, particularly Americans right now are getting in their own way, aren't they? By, by, we were just re- reading some stories about how if a pair of twins is born and one's a girl and one's a boy, that the girl will not succeed as much as normal, you know, every day, you know, single birth girls, because the testosterone in the womb affects them in a negative way. I, I don't know if I'm buying that, but that's what they've come up with now. People... Uh, I don't know that people really know this, but most people do not want you to succeed because if you succeed, it makes them look bad. So you're fighting everything pretty – look, you're, if you're fighting your parents, you're fighting yourself, you're fighting society in general, it's kind of tough, isn't it, Coach? Is it tough to what? Well, it's just to, to – I mean, what, I what no, specifically? What specifically? Okay, so the book is called Best Self Only Better. So Best Self hits the hits the uh, the bestseller list, becomes a number one bestseller. You do know that people are going to come after you and say, you don't deserve that kind of success. You got lucky. You do know that, right? Yeah, or people, you know, I'm on Dr. Phil every week, and Dr. Phil's right. uh, been my mentor. And, and, yeah, without Dr. Phil, I mean... Uh, 
I mean, the book's a New York Times bestseller, and it's because right. of the power of the platform. And, um, you know, I made a decision that what strangers think of me is, is not going to affect my self-esteem. But I, I think it's important to... I think it's important to light up other people's candles and not blow them out in general. I think, I think that, um, you know, it's, I'm somebody who came from being addicted to drugs. I've been sober almost 17 years. So, right. you know, I feel like I started at a pretty low place in terms of, uh, how to get my life back on track. And, um, I think a lot of it came from not knowing who I am. But, yeah, I mean, there's always critics. There's always noise. I mean, and, and I've come to realize, too, the people that actually will go on the Internet or comment or um, write articles just to make headlines, um, you know, to, to me it's just I avoid all that noise at all costs because it doesn't make me feel good. I mean, does it make you feel good? No, no, not no. at all. And that's exactly why I wanted to talk to you about this, because it's it's difficult for people to do that. I think as little children, uh, we want everyone to love us. And as you grow older, it kind of in some people it goes away, but in some people it never leaves them. They always want everyone to really like them. It's one of the reasons that people become public figures, as a matter of fact, because you want people to like you. I mean, I am in the in the state of Minnesota. You are nationally. And Dr. Phil is a, a huge personality. Of course, he wants people to like him because that's, I mean, you wouldn't go on TV if you didn't want people to like you, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, look, it always, it always adds, um, you know, it's, it's like having a, uh, it, it, it always feels good when people are uh, supportive or loving of mm-hmm. uh, what we do, you know. Um, I think it's, uh, and I and I've worked with a lot of you know entertainers and and people yeah. whose platforms and endorsement deals are based upon other people liking them, right? And yes, um, and I think it's sometimes hard for a lot of people to function uh, because they have to behave a certain type of way, and then you know people look up to those people, and those people aren't being authentic, mm-hmm. and it kind of just it's. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. This starts at an early age, you know, with kids, and um, and they don't teach this stuff in, in school, and you know, the schools are wanting the parents to to you know empower the kids as great as they can to be their you know be who they're supposed to be. But I mean, it's I don't know. I I feel like I've seen so many success stories that I mm-hmm. have learned to stay. Uh, you focus on winning, you can win. If you focus on why did I lose, uh, you kind of feel like you keep losing, right? And yeah, you, you, I just you know, learn that, something from it. Yeah, you learn. It, to me, it's just a matter of how someone really views themselves. You know. Yep, I think it's your. Did you? Like, what do you, what where, do you where, see where, often with? Go ahead. No, go ahead. What do I see often with what? What, what do you see often is is um, out there with like you know in, in your career? What has been your um, the hardest thing for you to deal with in being in the public eye? Oh, Mike, I think it's the fact that that I I never finished high school. I went to college for one day and couldn't stand it. 
And thanks to good support from the people around me, I have a wonderful wife and children, and I love my birth family dearly. Uh, you know, they all had their bumps. But people do not like the fact that I succeeded without going the the usual route of getting a high school diploma and then getting a college degree and then do it. I didn't do it the way everybody else does it, and people do not like that. And they, I'm serious. The newspapers, you should what, so, What's that? Yeah. Go ahead. So, yeah, no, I was just going to say, so what percent, let's get out, let's say we had 100 people in Minnesota, right? Mm-hmm. What percent mm-hmm. do you think actually, what percent do you actually think there are, they, they wouldn't want you to win because you didn't get a high school diploma and lack of college? Mm-hmm. Well, I would say, basically, I look at I look at every place. There are 33% of the people on, on the left, 33% of the people on the right, and the rest of us are kind of stuck in the middle, and they're causing all these problems, and we have to put up with some. I would, I, you know, to tell you the truth, I, I don't know what the percentage is, but even if it's 10%, it's too many. You know, you should let people live their lives, and they do what they do, and that would be, look, I mean, how did you end up on the on the on the Dr. Phil show? However, you got there, it's great. I'm very very happy for you. You and I don't know one another, but I can be very happy for you because you've done you've got a book, uh, bestseller as a matter of fact. You're on Dr. Phil once a week. I mean, that's I'm very happy for you. Is everybody happy for you? You think? I hope they are. Yeah, you were saying something about newspaper though. Oh, the newspapers hate my guts. Or There's no doubt about it. No, no, no. The newspapers just they the the two newspapers all that they have nothing but negative things to say about me, and it's because the newspaper business is failing, and somehow apparently I have to answer for that. I mean, it's just media right now oh. has changed so much, Mike. As you know this, that media has changed so much in the last few years. I think a, a lot of people are uh, live in fear that that they're you know maybe their way of life is going to go away. But, you know, look at you. What do you say, 17 years sober now? What did you do? Did you sit around and feel sorry for yourself? No, you you did something. You took care of it. You became a best-selling writer. You're on a, a hugely popular TV show. So you have to sit and look in the mirror and go, hey, Mike, you did a great job, right? I mean, you got to be very happy with where you are well, you right know, now, you? know you? what it is? Hmm. You know, you know what it is that I learned that um, I think a lot of people have trouble learning is – at a certain point, you can't blame other people for your own suffering right. or your own. Yep. Yep. Like, and I think a lot of people, and I, I see it more in culture today. There's a blaming. Um, like I'll see, I'll see online. People are uh, will get a people will get offended for other people. Mm-hmm. But they oh, don't yeah. even know if those other people are offended. <laughs> it's like, very true. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. It's all. It's all waste of effing time. It's all waste of time, and it's like, and those people, if you unpeel, like kind of, or, or look at behind the curtain, you know, they are going to keep blaming people, uh, or want to figure out a reason why they're not as far along as they should be, or, um, and instead of just embracing. You know, hey, you know what? I need to get together. Like, I worked at Caribou Coffee in Minnesota when I got sober. I worked at the YMCA. I got fired from Caribou Coffee. I worked at Dunn Brothers. You know, I went through Hazelden. Then you know, went back to school mm-hmm. and I had to get scholarships. And I'm not saying that, like, everyone has to do it, um, you know, the way in which I did it. I, I've helped a lot right. of people, and the people that had the hardest time making changes in their life 
are people who are have a victim mentality because you can't be empowered and be a victim at the same time. Yeah, that's a very and good I've point. That's a really good point. Camps, I've been to refugee camps in Iraq. I've been been out there twice in the last few years because I was going to open up a mental health clinic in Kurdistan. Like, to me, those are real victims of life. You know? Yes, you're absolutely right about think, that. I just think it's... Uh, uh, people who will be critical of you are people who are either jealous or who uh, want to stay in a victim mentality. Because people who are empowered, if you notice, they don't blame mm-hmm. other people for their problems. That's correct. That's a, see, and I, that's and, the point that I think. Right. I, we, I, I just love that fact. You you have to take care of your own stuff, your own backyard. Be yourself. Uh, be you only better, I think is a great title for the book. Best self, be you only better is, is perfect. Cause it's all about you. Uh, and I don't mean that in an egomaniacal way, but you, you know, you, you, you be the best you can possibly be and nobody can ask more. Right. Yeah. And the, and the best self is full of, you know, I don't know, there's probably over 50 exercises in it. It's kind of like a, a personal playbook for to be your true self in life. So there's assessments, there's, um, you know, experiential exercises, and it's kind of, it, it, it's everything that I've done with my clients through the years. Uh, and it starts off a certain way and it ends a certain type of way to help guide someone through like almost an assembly line of checks and balances and ways to improve their life if they're motivated to do it. You know, I don't, yep. I'm not better or worse than anyone else. I just happen uh, to have been living my art, which is helping people live the life they want, you know. But it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a it's a, it's a book for someone that's motivated to actually make some changes in their life. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I think it's a wonderful thing, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Barrett's B A Y E R, uh, the book "Best Self Only Better." CoachMikeBear.com. Thank you, uh, Mike. Thank you, Coach, for being on. Uh, see, I feel much better about myself the fact Thank that you, you were Tom. on today. So that's good. Thank you. Have a great day, sir. I feel better because we finally connected. So thank you. <laughs> oh, did why? Did, oh, did you, oh, did you know the, the show when you were living in town or something? No, I we were scheduled to to pop up, and then we I was you know working it out with Art. Just the timing. It was it was difficult oh, to. I was only oh, in sorry about two years. Okay, well, you know, come back anytime. I'd love to talk to you more about this. I want to talk to you about the seven spheres sometime too. If you got some, uh, let's let's rebook you. I want to talk oh, yeah. about that. I think it's I think it's great. I'd love to talk about that. All right. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very Take much. Take care. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, and we will talk to you tomorrow from the family.